Hey, everybody, and welcome to Butter With That, a, movie, a podcast in which we take a look at different films, different movies, and uh, and discuss them, and uh, just sort of cut into it. I am your uh, producer and engineer, Dave, uh, and I'm stepping in, as always, with uh, the hosts of the show, including among them, Connor, Tori, Christine, and Sam. Yeah, all right, and we are breaking a little bit from format... Uh, as of the last uh, few episodes that you would have heard, uh, which is normally uh, bringing one to the table that uh, not all of us have watched. Some of us have read reviews. Some of us have uh, just gotten into uh, trailers. But with this, uh, we're breaking format and talking about a movie we've all just watched. We're going rogue. We're going rogue. We're going we couldn't a not all watch this movie. And this, uh, this still falls under the category and the uh, blanket of... Uh, the underrated movies category. Uh, this is the one that I have brought to the table, which is a film uh, from 1986 from New Line Cinemas called Quiet Cool. And uh, yeah, I yeah. suppose uh, I suppose we all have some thoughts on Quiet Cool. Uh, now, had any of you heard of this before? No, no never not heard at of all. It. Yeah, this not was a hundred percent you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I also did not know anybody in this movie. Yeah. Same. You didn't know James Remar at all? Nope. Not at all. Weird. Oh, but you've seen The Warriors. He's in that. Is he? He That's is. right. He's Axel. Is he? Ooh, wait. Warriors. No, he's not. Yeah, he, he sucks. He's arguably the, the rapiest of the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> I love this throwback to another episode. Wow. Continuity. So Oof. I feel like the Warriors just might come up a lot. <laughs> oh, it's a probably <laughs> with us yeah. it is. I guess mm-hmm. we should see it, Christine? Uh, sure. I'll watch it. Someday. That could be one of our other kind of like, let's all watch it and talk about it. Yeah. You guys will watch that, and then Sam and I will also watch Terminator, I guess. No. No? <laughs> I just don't you don't want to see a naked... You're not going to do it? You don't want to see a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, traveling back in time? You know, it's not on my list. No. No. That's Well, that's an interesting pitch. It's a hard pitch. no. <laughs> but Linda it's a little, Hamilton. It's a complex film. Terminator would be a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. But Linda Hamilton... Means nothing is that to sup- me. Yeah, is that supposed to mean uh, a thing to me? Can we move on to Quiet Cool and not the Terminator? So, Dave, can you just explain like why you think this fits into the genre that we've been doing thus far? Oh, why I think it's underrated. Yes. Yeah, because uh, as we've just covered, nobody's really heard of this movie. <laughs> um, true, that's true. True. And if you actually wanted to watch it, you'd have to pay $97 on Amazon to purchase the DVD. Yes. It's tremendously expensive online. It's rare. We had trouble finding this movie. Fortunately, um, I had a copy uh, yes. through the uh, the house collection. Um, and that's, that's sort of how I discovered the movie to begin with was one summer just being home with a friend who uh, just had a passion for, for film and cinema. And we just sat down and watched uh, this movie... He had seen it a few days before and insisted that I check it out. And it was kind of one of the first movies that cracked me open to the idea of enjoying uh, cinema as bad, bad cinema as valid cinema. Or just enjoying the nuances of a bad film. I don't know if I would even call this movie a bad film. Because it's made pretty well. With like the stunts. That's true as well. The pi- like there's a lot of quality and money was put into this movie. It seemed expensive. But uh... But yeah, I don't know. Well, at any rate, maybe it was just the first time that I started to appreciate a film that had a very like haywire uh, and just disorderly structure to it. Uh, it felt like it was a lot of different types of movies at certain points, you know, like there was the whole like buddy aspect of it to it. And then you also had like the New York thing going on. But then that quickly diverts to like, you know, Pacific Northwest. And it was. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in this movie. I guess, Dave, do you want to give us a plot rundown? 
Uh, sure. For those, because well, probably nobody listening to this has seen. I was gonna say to the yeah to uh, to the everyone who hasn't seen this movie probably. Um, so I can read it just right off the case here, but I will, uh, avoid, I will the avoid the spoiler. There's a spoiler. Yeah, uh, one thing it's about this. It's gotta come out. They gotta <laughs> know. The world needs I mean, to we're know. We're probably gonna talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just go I for suppose it. we are gonna cover it. Yeah. Spoiler so. alert for this episode. This entire podcast is just spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. You've had you've had thirty years to see this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, quite cool. Is uh, it, it's described on its own case as. Uh, Hardcore New York City cop Joe Dillon, James Remar of Sex in the City and 48 Hours, uh, is out of the city and into a nightmarish death trap in the action-packed feature Quiet Cool. When former girlfriend Kate Daphne Ashbrook of Sunset Heat calls in desperation, Dillon travels to a deceptively quiet northern California town to investigate the disappearance of her brother and sister-in-law. Uh, he learns from Kate's nephew, Joshua, that the two were brutally murdered by a ruthless ring of marijuana growers. <laughs> so she had a right to be worried, I and, guess. Uh, I, I suppose so. And determined to seek his revenge, Joshua is engaged in a one-man guerrilla war against huh. the thugs. It's not a one-man war. Uh, it is initially. That's oh, how they that's make true. it like start, I that's guess. True. Rambo-esque. Uh, but, and here, herein lies a pretty important spoiler, but when Kate is killed in the crossfire... Dylan and jo- this is on the back of the DVD case. Uh, is killed in the crossfire. Dylan and Joshua join forces for a final explosive confrontation that only one side can win. From an electrifying motorcycle chase through the subways of New York to a shattering climax deep in the heart of the Pacific Northwest, Quiet Cool roars, hell bent for action and revenge. True, but yeah. revenge isn't legal. As uh, as is pointed out in the movie, <laughs> if we have one of the lines. But then very quickly, it's like, eh, you know. That like right. it should be a shaky standard pretty fast. Yeah. Once um, Kate gets shot in the burning house. Which happens, what, like an, hour, an hour into the movie? Probably about an hour in. The movie is uh, 80 minutes, by the way. Uh, so that's the right amount. pretty far in. <laughs> to just, like, drop that as the synopsis of the movie. Yeah, an interesting uh, an interesting framing. So, I mean, we open the movie uh, with uh, Joe Dillon. We meet our... Uh, <laughs> Our protagonist of sorts, who's just sort of a hard-boiled New York cop, I suppose. What's his Although morning routine, Dave? Yeah, I mean, we don't really see him go about the task of, like, I don't know, going about his beat or anything. Instead, we're introduced to uh, Joe Dillon waking in his apartment, uh, which is just sort of a very big loft space in New York, uh, big enough that he has his motorcycle inside of it. It looks I kind of like a middle that. school rec room that's been decorated to be a bachelor. There's yeah. a ping-pong table in there. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like or you something say this you would see in like sisters, like not sis, not sisters, 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 um, in sister, sister act, sister. but the second one. Yeah. Sister Act Two? Yeah. No. Oh, in the high school. Yes. Yes. I'm out. I don't know. <laughs> What's it called though? Sister. Uh, Back in the habit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, you are probably right. That's. I feel right. like this is a common theme, though, where, like, obviously they didn't just have Google search when they were doing this movie, but so much of it felt like they just Google searched random stuff, like the beginning of the movie, where it's just, like, scenes of pot plants as they're oh, doing the, the names and credits oh, of people. In every angle, so much so that they start looking like characters from the labyrinth. They have these like little like le- I did it's feel like I had one a favorite pop from the labyrinth after. that comes out and he's like his head looks like the top. I know exactly which one you're yes. talking about. Thank you. Thank you, Tori. <laughs> I'm glad that we were both like I was like, "Oh, that one has character." Exactly. Like they yeah. really started developing character around. What was weird was that was not the same pot farm. 
that was in the movie. Oh, no. Because those are just, like, stock images from, like I said, probably something like, I don't know, National Geographic or just, like, Newsweek or something. Just very, like, big Mm. spreads of... uh, Getty images, say, in the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) So since this is, you know, your pick for underrated favorite, what were some parts of the movie that, why your brain was, like, very quickly drawn to this being your underrated favorite? Uh, well, the beginning sequence, uh, which, yeah, again, we should cover is, uh, so good. is a real gem. It's just sort of, uh, we, again, we meet Dylan is in his apartment. He has a slice of pizza that's right next to his head. Uh, and he has some coffee that he's kept in the fridge. Hey, I mean, we've all been there. Slice of pizza. <laughs> uh, cold brew. Either yeah, cold as we fall in. asleep. Oh, no, I'm going straight time. for the pizza. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Waking up with the... Sl- all right, maybe, maybe that's a singular experience. I have definitely woken up next to a box okay. of pizza and been Once like, again, oh, sweet. Who hasn't? It's 2018. Yeah. Admit. Admit it. Admit it. We're all slobs sometimes. Yeah. There's yeah. a Dylan in all of us, really. and <laughs> He embodies this sort of universal experience. We're getting really deep into Joe Dylan. Sorry, continue, and We're only Dave. like five seconds into the movie. Um, yeah. Well, that, it, you know, it looms large. It's a big part of uh, it's a big personality. Uh, so he goes out onto his uh, his beat or not. I don't know if he's I on duty he's, or not. He I just seems to be riding that. around. I think he's just going to work. Yeah, maybe he's just getting there. Uh, and uh, a guy on uh, roller skates just yeah. sort of skates by and splashes some water in his face. And then uh, I think Dylan was going to let this uh, was going to let this slide, but then he steals a woman's purse, and then the chase uh, ensues. Uh, roller, so, sk- roller skates versus motorcycle. And uh, it's an astonishingly even-sided fight. Um, he's, uh, they're, gut- they're passing through different alleyways and this and this. Uh, and uh, at one point, Joe, uh, Joe Dillon, uh, James Remar, just blasts through a, uh, a couple of flowers, or just like a stand mm-hmm. of flowers, <laughs> almost as though it's like kind of like a Hot Wheels commercial. Definitely <laughs> well-positioned yes. to be built a Hot a Wheels commercial. <laughs> And uh, so then uh, this uh, fi- uh, this uh, roller skater, I guess, thinks he's he's got it figured out, and he just goes down into the subway, uh, thinking, of course, who's going to ride on a motorbike down into do the it. subway to see this through? Joe Dillon is who. And he goes down <laughs> into the subway, um, and he, he just sort of, uh, well, I guess we've all seen the movie. Would someone else like to describe this scene a little bit? Oh, I love it, because the whole scene, it's like he has brought his motorcycle down onto the subway, but acts like everyone else is the biggest inconvenience in the world. Get out of my so way! Like they're get just out on of the, the platform way. waiting to go to work, and he's like coming on on his bike, and he's just like, get out of here. What the fuck are you doing here? And then he goes on to the train and is like, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, are you kidding me, man? There's little moments that just make it just so good. Like when the the um, guy who stole the purse is roller skating on like the taxi. He's like holding on to the taxi. And he turns around and he's like, ha, to uh, Dylan. He gives him the finger. Yeah. And then that, that might have been the final straw. Beaming, yeah. Like his face is glowing. He's like, as I've he's done it. I've made it off with this. Yeah. I guess it's not a purse at this point. It's just her wallet. Yeah, he dumped the purse the and just took money. Smart, smart. <laughs> Although, arguably, they did more damage from the chase than whatever was in the purse was probably worth, I would assume. Yes, they broke the turnstiles in the New York City subway. <laughs> he almost killed that <laughs> they dog. They put a florist out of business. They almost <laughs> killed a little cockapoo or whatever that thing was. That dog yeah. is really nearly run over. Um, yeah. Well, and the way that he left the subway, because he like rides his yeah. motorbike downstairs, past turnstiles, into the subway, out of the subway, and then didn't he just, pay the toll. No, toll? Did he hop it? Yeah, and that's like, two fifty. That 
right there. Was unpaid. Mm-hmm. Two fifty in nineteen eighty six. Well, it's two fifty now. True. I don't know. Inflation. Whatever that means. <laughs> and when he leaves, he just like zooms out of the subway exit. It really almost is. Almost decapitates. That shot was two excellent. People. It was everything I wanted. This it's... movie really needed special features because I want to know right? all about that director's filming. cut. Come on. A commentary. The story behind the story. Yeah. A VH1. <laughs> like we a need. We need video. to know the story behind mm-hmm. this. I bet you could email somebody because they're not doing anything. Anybody who worked on this movie. Um, I mean, clearly there were some people because they did Nightmare on Elm Street right. before they did that's this. That's right. And that's the thing that's uh, really boasted with this movie. It says so right on the cover that it's uh, nonstop action from the makers of Nightmare on Elm Street and Mortal Kombat. At one point, they're watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> during the film. They make sure to plug their work in that movie. Just uh, just to make sure that, you know, Freddy is also uh, running through the, uh, the veins of this movie. But, uh... Oh yeah, and then but Joe's not gonna let him get away. He, he like like you said, like almost like a. It just reminds me of Meatloaf's "Bat Out of Hell" cover, just <laughs> rocketing out of the subway mm. on this motorcycle, chasing him, and he apprehends him, and reads him his rights as he's uh, driving him around on his motorcycle, and uh, like then, holding on to his belt as holding the sk- on his belt. As the skate guy is still skating. Skate guy, yeah, he doesn't have a name. Not even in the credits. It's probably, yeah, just skate guy. Maybe it wasn't even in the script. <laughs> but arguably, like, one of the best characters in the whole mm-hmm. thing. We all wanted him to come back. Did Very memorable. all of his own stunts because at the end, Joe Dillon thrusts him into the Hudson with the right. backdrop of the Statue of Liberty. He's like, oh, get me out, man. Where the editor's skills are clearly showcased. <laughs> oh, man. You have one shot where the Statue of Liberty is very, very apparent like and a large. mile away it's huge possibly a mile away and then you have a cut where the statue of liberty has moved about 10 miles into the distance it's like they chose a different side of the river entirely also but, again this is like three minutes into the movie right <laughs> yeah. this is three minutes into the movie action-packed filled three minutes and the roller skate guy is is the one who is launched into the river and starts yelling question about logistics can someone stay afloat if they have roller skates on? Um, yes. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe stay afloat. But, like, if you're trying to, like, doggy paddle or anything, trying to get yourself out of the Hudson with a pair of skates on, because we know that he keeps the skates on when they go to the station. Uh, the I mean, he was a very talented skater, clearly. Next scene, we see Joe Dillon pulling his... The, the skater guy through the halls of the police office. First of all, his clothes aren't wet at all. He's Not at all. He's 100% dry. Yeah, dry. He's like, get, he me, out, get me out of here, man. still on, and he is still as stone. So he is he not is moving. He is unblinking, unmoving. It's as if they put a mannequin in the scene. It's odd. Yeah. Because he had to, so much personality in the first couple minutes. To the point that even the chief steps in and like <laughs> just sort of like does one of those like checking in front of your eyes, waving my hand things. Uh, very weird scene, but also that's uh, that's just after uh, we first see what's going on in Babylon in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so this is the second is scene the of the film. The town? Babylon, yeah. yeah. I did not pick that up. Wow, I also did not pick that up. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, we're, we're introduced to a character who's going through the woods, seemingly showing an authority figure uh, this uh, the series of booby traps that lead to a pot farm. Um. And that's when uh, this uh, this sort of authority figure kind of backs away, and we're uh, introduced to the villains of the story, mm, which are clearly 
the four coolest dudes in the Pacific Northwest. It's Easily. Worth, it's worth Easily. Googling quiet cool. <laughs> Was that you said that was the first image? It was one of the first images that came up when I Googled it. Um, but you also have to type in quiet, cool movie, or else it's going to be a lot of advertisements about how to have your air conditioner on, but it be quiet <laughs> at the same exact time. I think that might be the ultimate sign that a movie is underrated. Yeah. If when you type in the title, you get air conditioners. You need to go to like 20 Google pages before. Even on, you, even on YouTube, after you type in quiet, cool movie, after a few like searches, it ends up again going back back to oh do you want your house to be cool and it be quiet at the same time (laughs) yeah no respect so dave i think i have a question and maybe i was just confused and too stupid to understand but was the whole town in on this plot it seems like pretty well yeah as as we'll find out pretty much the whole town seems to be in on this uh this weed growing operation which like there's not a lot going on there so yeah clearly the first character that we meet the one, yeah, the one. Well, he may have been buying pot. Yeah, because uh? he did just say, "Ah, we leave you guys alone," you know. Oh, that's well, that's Joshua's family. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Th- yeah, we meet uh, we meet the four villains who are just sort of like uh, these these motorcycle clad guys, and they're each seemingly like kind of themed based on their hairstyle. Uh, <laughs> so much hair. How would we describe each one? It was Nick Cassavetes. Uh, who is in the film, uh, who appears as Valance with a jet black mullet of sorts. Stone cold. Angular. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So angular. True. And he just sort of has the affectation of like a dad that has to wake up on a Saturday morning to like get the kids breakfast. Like he seems very distracted and just not in it. Um, We say the father from Full House. We were talking about that. Looks a little bit like Bob Saget in this movie. He does. Then there's the other, uh, the other mulleted guy who uh, has just this sleek silver fox white hair. It's beautiful. And a bolo tie. Uh, There's also Red, as he's credited, which is a a a guy with uh, glasses and red hair. (laughs) Looks like Brian Cranston. Who was also in Twin Peaks. And was in Twin Peaks. Just saying. And uh, the final guy, Cairo, who um, it was a, the motorcycle-clad badass, I guess, with the no. slick back hair. He kind of liked him. Dave Batista. Yeah, I liked him. He also was kind of trying to be Terminator. Very much with, so. With, like, the sunglasses. A little bit. The black leather jacket and the machine gun or whatever his weapon of he choice He had, like, a was. Vietnam. I forget the name mm. of the gun, but assault rifle. An M16, I M16. think it was. Yeah. Uh. Oh, he looked like that singer. Oh, he looked like George. Is it George Michael? He looked a he lot looked like George Michael. He did look like George Michael. Michael. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Pour went out for George Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these guys, uh, they immediately kill this kid. Um, but we see Joshua, who is a—he's uh, plucky. He's a plucky, yeah. He's a plucky kind of like he's sort of like a wood nymph kind of dude. <laughs> like he's—he's he's got a very yes. nymphy vibe. He's uh, he's. There's a lot of prancing. He's wearing a lot of denim. He builds a, a shrub hole. I described him before as sharing the same energy as <clears throat> Timothy Chalamet. Oh. Okay. Well, he he has a, like a very like you know, like they like hone in on his Gentle face so features. frequently. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal clear complexion, almost porcelain. But a, he's also like a I don't know like I live in the woods and I kill people for revenge at the same time kind of thing like <laughs> yeah. It was well, very this is where he's getting his thirst for that because uh, the gang, having known that he witnessed what happened, uh, give chase and uh, they find his parents and brutally slay them right in front of him and then drag him on a lasso over a cliff. 
and leave him hanging there and then throw his dead parents at him. This is all over pot, by the way. Like, <laughs> something that's legal in several areas now. This could Specifically only... in that area <laughs> now. Specifically in that area. This could only be made in, like, the 80s. Yes. Yeah, this was all, like, Nancy war Reagan. on drugs. It's got a lot of reefer madness going on. say no. Uh, inflexible and unyielding in your opposition to drugs, uh, she says in her long, modest red gown. Wow. First lady. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah, and as they say in the movie, wherever they are, Babylon, is that it? It's the dope mm-hmm. capital of the United States. I think they say specifically it's the dope, ca- dope capital of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I think, they, it's do. Do. I think okay. they really get regional with the whole thing. Katie has a pulse on <laughs> all of the uh, centralized. Yes. Dope I mean, I mean they do have a huge, far, like hydroponics. And like, there's a lot going on. Oh yeah, Toker's keeping an eye on things. But now, but now what I want to know oh, is Toker. if is, it's a very small He's area, alive. Babylon. There's like one dirt road. You see a like 20 mailboxes right next to each other. So I imagine the whole town's just like twenty people. Well, there is that so, one scene later on where he's like, "You check the house, I'll check the town." Which <laughs> 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 you're like, yeah, yeah, what? That took five minutes to do. So, so who's buying all this weed? To make this such like, yeah, wow, we don't need to see, slay people. You don't to see keep this people going. coming in and like transporting the weed. But They're just kind of guarding it. You yeah. see where the money goes. Oh. That's right, in the end, yeah. Or into the, the luxurious it town itself of Babylon, which Can is mostly crooked shacks. Well, and well there's also the, the laundromat. Into the washing machine. To oh God! Yes, yes, there is literally oh, right. a money, money laundering la- business going on at the laundromat right now. Spelled laundromat. Like John. Did we determine that the laundry was spelled L A D? It was. It was indeed, and it was meant to be funny because there was like lawn on the roof. That's right. This town kind of had a summer camp vibe, or maybe like a. Well, the cartel did, I guess, because they were all kind of bunking together. Even the town. Oh, yeah, the car, they all bunked together like a summer now, camp. Now, we saw them watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you think there was, like, a Mortal Kombat poster in the area where all the cartel dudes were sleeping? I think we have to rewatch uh, it. Got to Joshua Shrub. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Joshua Shrub. Shrub House. What are we calling Shrub it? Shrub Hole. Shrub Hole, right. Excuse me. But so this is how Dylan then gets thrown into the mix, is that Joshua is, uh, is seemingly killed. Because uh, we cut away after he's thrown off of a mountain. It's like a yeah, it's a mountain. It's, he's just thrown off of a mountain, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and following that, we uh, we get Joe, uh, who's back at the station, getting this phone call from Katie, uh, or Kate, excuse me. K- Katie, it is Katie. Katie, it is Katie. That's it right. Is, yeah, I thought her name was Kathy the whole time. Ooh. It's well, not. I think her name is only mentioned once. Because I had forgotten what it was by the end of the movie. It doesn't come up a lot. She's not memorable. No Yet offense. Joe Dylan. Is repeated almost so much separate times yeah. through the movie, and uh, yeah, she's—I mean, she just reaches him and she's—she uh, urges him to come investigate because apparently the uh, his slain parents, Joshua's, uh, were her uh, brother and sister-in-law. Uh, so it's assumed that they have some kind of history. Joe gets to the town and we find out that they've got a bit of a complicated past, <laughs> um, as is shown in a. Just a, a frame, uh, oh God! In uh, in Katie, uh, Katie's cabin, is uh, that she was uh, an environmentalist who was arrested in D.C. protesting, I believe it was. And he was, was a beat cop. It must have been in New York. It was the U.S. You know what? It in was New York. Yeah. Yeah. 
But he was a B cop at the time because he's in his uniform. Yes. So also, she framed that. Yeah. And I'm it's also it. just one of those, you know, one of those popular New York uh, New York newspaper articles that's about one environmentalist being arrested. She must have done something real not good. It was, uh, it was a real scene, I imagine. But that's how they met, and uh, that's why he's there. And uh, when he gets there, he finds out that uh, things aren't quite as they seem there in Babylon. There's a bit of a crooked bent going on. Oh, everybody's crooked. You know, something that really stuck out to me was just, so what's her name? Katie? <laughs> Did we decide? Kate? Katie? Katie. Okay. What's the back of the box um, Kate? Kate. Kate. Oh, Great, cool. Oh, it is Kate. I'm pretty um, sure it's pronounced. I think they say Katie though. Apologies, Katie, Kate, Katie, whatever. Pronounced Katie. I'm sorry, Clay Joe Dillon. I hope you're not offended. Script. Sorry, by this. Daphne Ashbrook. Um, but was she the only attractive woman in town? Because I was gonna every say single there man was another was blonde after lady. Her. There were two other ladies at the store, but. Meh. I mean, she was the, I guess, the best-looking person well, in the there town. There was that woman out who of said, twenty people. Who there looks... were there were like a like ten people in the town. It seemed like three of them were women. I think the pop, um, as I recall, the population of Babylon is printed on the sign, but I don't remember what yeah. it is. I don't. Oh. I want to say it's double digits and not more than that. <laughs> it can't be based on that movie. <laughs> what other character? Who other? Uh, or what other characters? Oh, mustache do we need? man. Mustache, mustache man. man. That's mm-hmm. when they're. Uh, that's when they're at the. Uh, well, they're at Ma's and they're getting lunch. Um, and uh, as this is going on, a guy is just sort of harassing, uh, harassing her and harassing the two of them. And uh, Joe has finally Bless had enough, and uh, raises from his seat and beats up the one guy the guy's with, and then uh, corners the other guy with his gun. And uh, sticks it up his nose. Sticks it up his nose, and then uh, goes ahead and pulls the scissors. <laughs> Out of this guy's shirt, and sh- to the guy's horror, cuts his mustache. Now, what was the instinct behind reaching into his shirt? He was he, looking he for scissors. How did he know? So he's got this guy pinned a up against a bar stool and sees this giant mustache and intuits that there is a <laughs> pair of small, tiny barber's shears inside of his <laughs> opponent's sweater. I mean, if that's what happens, like that, policeman's intuition, right there. He should be in the FBI, like criminal profiling sector or whatever. uh, Indeed, it's the perfect revenge. Just taking those small pairs of scissors and snips off the end of the guy's mustache, so he looks like a fool now. Yeah. And then he also does kick him in the nuts and and then he kicks him in the nuts. (laughs) But everyone knows that cutting the mustache was way worse. Well, then he almost throws him into a fire. Pretty close. Indeed. Yeah, Pretty that close. blocking was was unreal because that guy almost put his head in an actual flaming fire. And this is all going on in Ma's restaurant, which is uh, Ma's just sort of this uh, sweet old lady who brings them the menu. It's got, uh, <laughs> what is it, uh, natural foods on one side. And uh, Joe looks at it kind of like uh, disapprovingly and it turns it over to reveal unnatural foods, which is more up his alley. Chili that dogs. sounds like something like a place that is like mostly vegan, but not totally would have. It's like, <laughs> oh, here's all the stuff that's good for you. And then for the rest of you assholes, you can eat from this menu. Eat your chili dog. Yeah. yeah I wonder. The chili dog is on the menu of the unnatural foods. It's number foods. one. Yeah, that's it's right. It's number one. Hmm. And 360, it seems like, it seems like Ma's is kind of the like um, social center of Babylon. Everyone is at Ma's. The hub. Whether they want to get a, uh, I don't know. A brewski. Mm. Brew, a, a tofu thing, 
or a <laughs> double cheeseburger like you Joe Dillon. You have so many options at Babylon. <laughs> She's really cornered the market. Yeah. Ma. Yeah. So, and then Joe's here. He's, he's looking to investigate. He goes out into the woods, and uh, there he finds uh, Joshua, who uh, turns out this whole time has been uh, sort of waging the secret revenge war against the uh, the perpetrator that says Valance and his men. For how long, we don't know. It's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's been enough that he's built a little fort. Of Timeline kind, is fuzzy. We know now, that yeah. Dave, hole. that fort was not little. That thing was massive. Uh, the shrub hole. The shrub Thank hole, you. yeah. As we have been referring to it Babylon's thus far. famous shrub hole. <laughs> it's like as big as like Yoda's house in Empire. It is a little Yoda-like. Yeah. It's huge. And they have like an actual fire inside. But it was just, just rocks. There was no <laughs> water. Just, so no it's like was. a propane fire. And uh, yeah, they overpower. Uh, well, we meet Toker also, who's like holding guard and uh, is quickly overpowered. Oh, he's such a throwaway character. I loved Toker. So with the way this movie is For a cut, movie about pot, you only had one pothead in the whole thing. Only one person smokes weed it's in true. this movie. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I think Valance, was, Valance was like snorting cocaine. He was like, I need oh, the hard shit. All of them and were then, doing coke. But Valance was, uh, Yeah, maybe uh, others in addition to Valance. Valance was so pissed that Toker was smoking weed. Like he was smoking on the job. Yeah, and then I guess so unacceptable. I mean, Joshua? you saw him shooting. I would be pissed too. Toker did not know what he was doing, and just sort of doing this sort of yeah. classic. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, and it was very Pineapple Express esque. I googled what somebody is like when they're high, and now I'm just doing it. <laughs> he committed. It's true. He. They're he tried all his googling best. random stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They were in the they were the precursor they called to Nancy Google. Reagan. What is yes. money laundering? <laughs> hey Nancy, tell us hey. what people who are high are like. <laughs> Once again, I asked they watched you to Reefer be Madness over and over. Inflexible and unyielding in your opposition to drugs. <laughs> Keep Nancy Reagan out of this. <laughs> Spend here twice already. <laughs> Saying the same thing, Nancy. And so after, uh, yeah, after overpowering Toker, after overpowering, uh, well, just confusing Toker is really what happens. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they get the attention of Valance and his men. It's clear that something's afoot, uh, and they start looking for them, at which point, they, I guess, they go back to the town and uh, are trying to find Katie. Well, we have to first sort of set the scene where it's this vast wilderness in the Pacific Northwest. We've got giant redwoods. We've got low ferns. We've got... We, we talked about how, I mean, the set looks like something out of The Revenant. I mean, tall trees, beautiful <laughs> cliffs. sky shots, cliffs. But Christine has theories. And yet, well, I just want to <laughs> say this, that somehow Joe Dillon and the young boy, Joshua, find each other in the middle of this expanse of mm. woods. And then they find the meeting area for Valance and his gang. It's like, yeah, their whole encampment, I guess. Their whole encampment. And this encampment is an intricate web of booby traps. Now, if there's this... (laughs) No, just one. One, Yeah, there's one one kind of booby trap everywhere. There is one type of booby trap that is very um, explicitly pointed out where it's literally Joshua taking his forefinger and running it across this metal wire that runs between two trees. And there are at least two scenes in which he does this yes. to show us. Well, there's definitely like four or five. Maybe four or five scenes. And at the end He's at of least that pointing line to it. is a grenade. And so we have to know that they're in treacherous, treacherous environments here. 
And so they need to figure out a way to avoid the booby traps that are surrounding the encampments and maybe partake in the little booby trap fun themselves. Home Alone. A la Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Which also comes back when they eventually prank the, you know, (laughs) the bunks. (laughs) Of the cartel. <laughs> oh, they yeah. It was it's when pranks go wrong, but yeah, basically. I feel like you could make a cut of this movie, set it to like, and we were talking about this when watching it, set it to like happy music, and just have like oh a fun summer camp prank movie, like Benny Hill music yeah. or something. You're saying Parent Trap mm-hmm. a little bit when they are in like. Yep. What would you all say would be the climax of this movie? Well, um, I guess if you're looking at it from a structural standpoint, when they was con- there a structure to this movie? No, it's when the, it's when they confront Valance and the dirty security officer. I guess it's it feels like they're aware of like three act structure, but only in terms of how what how each act is summarized, not how it affects the characters. <laughs> like it's like they understand that like there's the beginning and we set the scene and then something bad happens in the second act and then we resolve it in the third, but. The characters don't reflect that arc at all. <laughs> yeah, the only no. structure that exists is the inciting incident of, like, getting Joe, like, the Kate calls him, something's wrong, go to California. After that, it's just... Kind of whatever they call it. It's a bit of a free-for-all of a lot of motorcycles and gunfire in the woods. So Joe and Joshua blow up the first encampment. Sure do. Where Toker is. Yes. Toker gets a cigarette to the ear, which was probably one of the... Moments I felt the most pain as a viewer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Valance sticks That's... a lit cigarette in Toker's ear as punishment and... for the uh, the encampment blow. But then up. later they're just like watching movies together, like everything's cool. <laughs> then what happens after that scene? After that, they're just sort of uh, they they come back to the town and uh, they try to find uh, Katie, who Ma has told them uh, was right. looking for them up in the cabin. Uh, so they both go up to the cabin. And there, there's a shootout. Uh, this is a shootout involving at least ten people, uh, you missed and a no critical, less than you missed a critical detail. Did I? Because Kate says, "Oh, Ma said you would be up here." That's right. So it's almost like a wild goose chase, as led by Ma. Why would that happen? We'll find out. Well, oh, and Ma also, this was is all... found raking her garden, <laughs> as Ma would generally do after she's closed people are down shooting the general and she's store. just raking, wearing the same day like, in Babylon. And the same expression. She's always on her wearing face. the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, at the end she is too. Mild yep. amusement. <laughs> and also, uh, it should be addressed that underneath all of this is the undercurrent of the man, uh, which is this phantom presence oh, that uh, yeah. that leads Valance's men as well as uh, the local. Uh, the lo- it's it's unclear. He's a local cop, but is also a security guard. He's referred to as the law, <laughs> the security guard, and plays some sort of. Well, Sheriff. Oh, and then at the end it says something like special, special I don't know. Special, special officer. officer. Special officer. And I'm like, what does that mean? That's this not a real title. It's a man of several I, titles. Yes. Sounds like something your mom gives you, you know? Aww. You're like, oh, you're the special officer. Hmm. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of, uh, there's a web growing in Babylon. Um, and uh, as all this is going on, there's that shootout. They're at the cabin. Uh, it's Joshua, uh, Katie, and uh, and Joe, and there are three Molotov cocktails, among other things. And uh, as they're scampering to get into this uh, this trap door that's just underneath the dining room table in this cabin. Like, luckily, they got this thing. They came. To, they went to the right cabin. Yeah. I think they're doomsday preppers. Or they, they could watched be Wizard of Oz and were like, "That looks fun. Let's build a trap door in case <laughs> these old 
Pacific Northwest uh, tornadoes come on through. Is that the typical reaction to watching Wizard of Oz? I know I built a, build a trapdoor in my basement, basement after yeah. watching Wizard of Oz. Okay. Where's the trapdoor in Wizard of Oz? They, they go into the cellar it's when the tornado It's just the cellar. It's not a trapdoor. It's just the cellar outside. <laughs> I was a child with an imagination. I took cellar and turned it into tr- hidden trapdoor. I was like, you're talking about when the witch like gets burned up and then like the set just lowers. <laughs> what do you think about the beginning of the movie Twister? I want to know now. Oh, <laughs> have not seen Twister. Oh, wow. Well, let's come back to that. So um, anyway, they didn't they didn't go into a cellar in this one, but there was an actual like metal trapdoor. Trapdoor. Trap in while that house. Yeah, and while they're scampering to get away um, into this trapdoor, into this basement, uh, Katie is fatally shot in the back. Oh, last second. Uh, and then they all, I guess, just go in there until the whole house burns down and uh, the gang has left satisfied. Uh, they come out and then they, they decide that uh, they're going to bury Katie. They have been in this cellar for at least eight hours. to ten hours. And there is so little emotion in the whole series of events that goes on. You wonder, what, what, the, is, yeah. what was the mourning process like in that cellar? Joe's therapist is going to have a field day after how, this How movie. big do you think the cellar, quote unquote, was? I want to say it could hold four people. Oh, no. So it's the oh, two of them and a corpse and like a little bit of space. <laughs> it's like their knees were touching, but they had leg room. Is there a canned food in it also? Like, are they just like sitting amongst? Well, Connor's theory is that they're preppers, so they probably so have So there's a lot like of beans food. and spam and stuff, and they're just like hanging out with it and a dead body. They've got all the rations and corpses they need in yeah. this crawl space. <laughs> I think, Christine, was it you who said that you want to see like. That six hours of like what they're. I would. That is a movie in itself. Okay, so you have yeah, a six-hour movie, <laughs> a play-by-play Groundbreaking. of God. Joe Dillon. Is it in one shot? Joshua minute by minute. <laughs> dead Katie, and how they go through this. I mean, it could be a very intense emotional moment. Um. So. Phoenix from the Ashes. They open the trap door. That's the subtitle. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix from the ashes. I mean, there's so many fires that, like, there are many phoenixes from many ashes. It's very The mustache true. man turns into a phoenix. Lots of <laughs> smoldering embers as people either emerge from them or walk away from them. Which brings us to our next scene. Which might be the most important since it brings up the brings title. Brings us namesake. Yes. Now, when Joe is initially scoping out, yeah, Joshua's family's cabin, there's the... Uh, there's the picture on the wall, which includes a caption of quiet, cool, uh, without any real explanation. Um, following that, uh, they're at this clearing in the woods, and I guess... I just want to uh, paint the picture of what this photograph is. It is the whole family together, but in a very distinct position. It's like a totem pole. A little bit. It's, it's Stephen the father standing up. The mother, who I think goes unnamed, unfortunately, in this movie, she's medium height. And then Joshua is striking this wonderful bent pose in the front. And it is a great shot. Continue, Dave. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, at that point, uh, they, they kind of reference that back in the sense that it's like, a, oh, we're here at this place. 
uh, where where I have buried my slain parents, and where we're now burying Katie. And uh, there's this this string of dialogue, which is is still to this day my favorite string of dialogue in any film. Um, is Joe and uh, Joe and Joshua saying, uh, "Is this the place from the picture?" Quiet, cool. Joshua saying, "Yeah." And Joe says, "What does it mean?" And it returns to Joshua, who, in the same scene, in the same string of dialogue, replies, "It's a place, but not here." <laughs> After having just established that this is the place from the picture, quiet, cool. Which I would love to watch a movie where then Joe is like, "Wait, you just said it was here," <laughs> and then they just argue after burying this <laughs> yes. body. See, but I feel feel like that was a real moment for them. They really bonded, and they're like, "We're in this together." But, but it was, what? like, this weird, like, existential, like, oh, it's within you, the quiet cool. Sure. And you're just like, what? So nothing about this movie was quiet. Uh, and no. very little was... But everything was cool. Was it? Everything, everything was fire. Was cool. No, it heightened the, like, moments of <laughs> Loud heat. <laughs> you have explosions. You've got loud heat. Risen from the motorbikes. ashes. And then you've got those moments where... Josh was listening to his favorite song, California Dreamin', on his cassette player. The only time that gives him a sense of peace mm. and calm. And then... Quiet. And, well, I mean, the music is playing, but I would say inner peace, inner quiet. And it's the last remnant of his uh, slain parents, too. Is that, And uh, it was broken at some point during the scuffle, too. Joe fixes it. And, uh, and then they're ready to go seek revenge. They blow up the entire cabin uh, of Valance's team. Valance seems to run away um, and get off uh, into the woods. Um, but pretty much everyone else is slain. Um, which includes that like Home Alone-esque kind of sequence with uh, the, the booby-trapped log. log. Yeah. Log, log tied to car. Car drives. Log just like demolishes. It was impressive. And take somebody with it too, right? Yeah, the, the rope was between. It the, takes right. red. Yeah, yeah, the rope was between Red's legs, and then he goes like, mm. like when it hits his stomach. Wait, but we cannot talk about this without talking about what? What was the other guy's name with like the white hair? Do we know? I don't. I have no. Know. Idea. When I look at the credits, the name Pink came up. Interesting. I think that may have been his name. Well, I mean, he's on the DVD cover, so you'd think we, he'd have a name. He looks like a character from Venture Brothers, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> oh, he really does, too. Yeah, I know what you're right? talking about. Uh-huh. Gary Busey a little bit. I think he looks like a Ted Danson, like, but with extremely... <laughs> like Ted Danson hair. now? With the white hair that he has? You know what? Yeah, if it was longer. Yeah, I could oh, do that. Oh, I wish this was Ted Danson. And Same. Yeah. And he crawls out of a port-a-john, which... Uh, <laughs> that he had been in a that he'd been the in whole time. While they were destroying this whole Explosions. camp. Uh, throws his knife at Joshua and hits him right in the chest. Um, to this, uh, Joe comes riding uh, astride a motorcycle with a... An actual... Uh, is it a pitchfork or a trident? It's like his homemade spear. Because before this scene, there's a great montage of Joe Dillon and Joshua assembling their... Uh, Arsenal. Or their arsenal, yes. Sure. Uh, and you're like, they're pulling out ropes and hooks and little pointy objects. And you're like, what the fuck 
fuck are they going to do with this? And then Joe Dillon turns to Joshua and's like, it's time. And you're like, I still have no idea how they're going to use all these tools. <laughs> nope. But indeed, they figure out very, and very inventive ways. And after uh, slaying pretty much everybody, except Valance, who's retreated to the town, we, they go back to the town to seek final justice. They, uh, they confront the... Uh, <laughs> Final justice. The final justice. But after killing pretty much everyone else in the film, uh, returning to the uh, the town of Babylon, there they confront the sheriff and they confront Valance. Well, and a few townies. Oh, and I just thought of that scene <laughs> where, he, where he hears the noise, like the door is opening and you could see it's like a child and a mother. And <laughs> Dylan, he hears it. And the first thing he does is points his gun at it. It's like nearly blows him away. <laughs> he does that a few times. He almost blows Kate away. The yeah, whole it's scene. his his <laughs> thing is walking into rooms, opening the door with like Guns no fall. notice, and just like pointing a gun <laughs> gun at someone. I feel like, like in this scene, the movie thought it was becoming a western, where like the outlaw returns. Yeah. It to definitely town, did. Walks down the main drag with two <laughs> sawed off shotguns, which he gets from the fire. Kick, which who knows where? Maybe it was amidst the gadgets <laughs> the wood. that he found. The wood, oh, the wood. And the chair, the special. What are we officer. calling him? The special officer is waiting. The security guard. What is dumbass badge? Badge. And like in a western, you've got like a few townspeople peeking from, like. Oh, but all the, the townspeople are gonna shoot Dylan. And by a few, I mean one guy who's supposed to represent the rest of the town who's attempting to shoot Joe Dylan, and he shoots him. Again, there are just so many movies that I feel like are incorporated mm. here, you know? <laughs> it could go in so many different directions. I mean, there's, like, kind of a Western element to Definitely. it. Some uh, diehard. Some diehard. Oh, some, yeah. like, Revenant survival stuff. Uh, my personal favorite, Pineapple Express, with just, like, <laughs> Toker not really knowing what he's doing, but, like, fighting people. I don't know. You could add like a horror movie thing to it. Maybe there's like the Blair Witch is in the same woods. Sure. I don't know. You could do whatever you want, really, in this lawless land that they've <laughs> created. And um, there's yeah. I mean, we just come to the point where uh, we're we're having a uh, oh boy, Joshua. He's confronting uh, the last uh, the last of the guys who killed his family uh, and the leader of this whole operation, Valance. Who is? Um, and uh, oh no no no, Val- Valance is the uh, is Nick Cassavetes. He kills him in the hot tub store, um, which is that <laughs> Babylon is is basically a series of like crooked, broken down hovels, shanty town, and also a hot tub store <laughs> that three people might be able to afford. I mean, in this nothing town. says money laundering like a hot tub outlet in the middle of the Pacific Northwest, Ooh, or literally town laundering. Babylon. That's definitely money. Or or the actual laundry machine in which a guy is shoving bags of money into. The only way that could have gotten better is if someone had like one of those like old timey like things where they're (laughs) like like cleaning clothes. Washboard, yeah. A washboard with just money in it. Just looks up at Joe Dillon, smiles, and then continues what he's doing. You gotta uh, clean your money before the IRS gets it. Mm, Say something like that. Um. But he, he comes to blows too with the uh, the special uh, special <laughs> officer or whatever we're gonna call him, um, and Joe finally takes him down. Uh, they have their tete a tete, uh, their action tete a tete in the last moment. The quick draw. Yeah, where it's it, what well, he first says, "You're under arrest," oh, and yeah. uh, the special officer just kind of mutters, "You're crazy," and then they just both put their guns down and then just draw them, and of course 
Joe is a little quicker on the draw, fires him out of a window, uh, and with his dying breath, he utters, fuck you. <laughs> also, then, Joe, at this point, you're going to act like you're a real cop and you're arresting people honestly. after the body count you like, have behind you. He's buried you victims right now. <laughs> way out of your jurisdiction. You have no forensic evidence to be able to nail You're burying bodies without doing like anything with them. I think them. he's only sounded like a cop three times. In the opening scene, when he reads uh, Skater Man, his rights, his Miranda rights. Yeah. Um, when he tells Joshua that revenge isn't legal, but then proceeds <laughs> to take revenge after Kate is killed. And then at the end, when he says, you're arrested to the special off, oh, it's only three times. Before it's like every once in a while, he death. remembers like, oh, yeah, I'm a cop. I should do something cop-like right now. <laughs> he didn't even put him for leave. He just left. He gave Skater he Man to his, like... Boss. I want to see like angry boss calling like Joe, where are you? There's criminals in New York. Forty voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is not checking those. He's no, going he's back not. to what his cold Joe pizza. Dylan's voicemail sound like? Ooh. He goes back to New York with like what's his name, Joshua, and they're like, <gasps> dude, you're fired. <laughs> Duh. But I have a new friend. And that's the moral of the story. True. Although uh, just before that, I mean, after he's after they've killed literally everyone, they've somehow figured out who the man is, and they go strolling down Main Street a little further, and they go into Ma's house. Because guess what? It ain't no man. Turns out it's, it's a Ma. Ma. And best uh, twist of any movie. And I've she's seen. just sitting in a rocking chair waiting for Joe to come with in, her dead she knows. shark eyes. M Night Shyamalan <laughs> wishes he could write a twist like this. Oh, no. And Joe strolls in looking for answers. Says Ma, why'd you do it? And to which he responds with this this amount of pathos, for the money, of course. I mean, even though, ma'am, your house is not decorated like she someone has chicken money. wallpaper. Chickens are on your wallpaper. <laughs> you do not it. have money. No, 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 Sam. No. She paid a lot she for might. that chicken wallpaper. Maybe, Listen, maybe that she, drug money went somewhere. I mean, we were talking about maybe she has a secret trapdoor. Oh, there I hope it is. so. Maybe the money's not hers. Maybe it's all just with like in diamond the encrusted wallpaper. I don't know. <laughs> Ew. But they're still chickens. <laughs> but they're, they're shaped like chickens. <laughs> so Joe blows Ma away. No, he does not. He's shot right. by Ma uh, in a moment of she's vulnerability because she's, for, she's old, forgive yeah. me, Dave. She's like she's what she says is, Joe, do you really think a jury is going to look at me and think I had anything to do with this? I mean, that's what I'm banking on when Which I'm getting old. I'm going to say know? yes, maybe. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, she fires a gun. She shoots him in the arm. Uh, and then we have that classic fake out where, uh, we see, uh, we hear a gunshot and Joe is seemingly unhurt. And then Ma slumps over. It turns out Joshua has shot down Ma, the man after all. Um, <laughs> the man being Ma, not Joshua <laughs> being a man for having killed her. Although I think that's probably the kind of thing this is going for. You know, but she does just die in a rock. There's a slight coming of age story. Sam, you were the one that pointed out the cleaner on the railing also. <laughs> it was just like a bottle of like spray cleaner your mom has in the kitchen, just like sitting there. I couldn't unsee it. No. Ma's no. just living a life on top of uh, a tremendous drug trade. I mean, it was green. Maybe it's filled with like absinthe or something. Like mom, <laughs> Ma's like living the life, but really trying to hide it. <laughs> and that's uh, then they just sort of look at each other in the street. Uh, with this knowing expression that means you're coming with me back to New York. With like love, well, maybe sexual tension. Yeah, definitely tension. sexual. Yeah. He literally waves for the boy to come to him. And yeah. uh, then they, they walk off to uh, Joe Lamont's uh, 
paid for and uh, and uh, commission theme to the movie Quiet Cool. Which and like what a banger that it's was, a doozy. you know. Mm. And uh, that, in essence, is uh, is quiet cool from from uh, start to finish. It's a uh, it's a doozy of a romp. I think my favorite moment in the whole film is when it's like one of the motorcycle chase scenes, and then Dylan goes down this like cliff, and he's the only one who makes it. All of Valance's men try to go down the cliff. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> jumps off oh, of like so off of a rock, hits a tree. And then explodes. But the bike doesn't explode. The man <laughs> explodes into a fireball. You see the they bike. Had fun. Yeah. You see the bike fall away from the explosion intact. <laughs> they don't even hide that the bike didn't explode. Well, there's also that part where Joshua throws a grenade, but when it's thrown, it looks like it's already a fireball. And you're just like, oh, sure. That's what happens. Yeah. Any other favorites? When they set the compound on fire, like when he just like throws in that like whatever, like stick of dynamite or whatever the hell it is, and it just explodes immediately. And Dylan is just cool as a cucumber, just walking right away. Yeah, that Classic. was definitely a casual getaway. Yeah. Like the uh, Lonely Islands, cool guys don't look at explosions. Exactly. <laughs> I think my favorite scene is the log straight through the middle of the house. <laughs> Joshua ties the rope around the log and it just gets dragged right through the foundation. I'm also kind of partial to the opening scene. Just like, I mean, to... it's great. I feel like that's yeah. elevated. I really wanted, so if good. that guy came back at the end, I think I would have like actually <laughs> screamed with joy. What if Ma like took her face off like a scooby <laughs> And she's smiling and flipping oh him off like at the beginning God. of the movie. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> layers upon layers. There you go. Uh, it's truly an onion. Also, I don't think Ma's dead. She just got shot in the side. She can handle it. I think she's she's, she's coming back. Bitch. Quite cool too, Ma's Revenge. Ma's yeah, Revenge. Yeah, so I think that's a great... What would everybody want to see? Do you think James of... Remar is still going to star in it? <laughs> so Should if we they were going him? to do a 2018 <laughs> reboot, remake, or you know, slight... Um, Joshua, whoever played Joshua, he would do it. And well, <laughs> clearly needs, Timothy Chal- Chalamet is going to play yeah. Joshua Part Two. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think you got to bring back all the cast. I agree. Okay. Well, I mean, only like four now? people well, survive this Well, can you, Christy? Can you tell us your theory? And I think that could be. I think your theory might be the, lead the winner into two, where it's set. Uh. <laughs> Don't have any theories. When it zooms out, <laughs> or was that? oh shit? Oh, that's right. No, <laughs> that's Dave's theory. I'm gonna give that all to Dave. This was brilliant. So we are in the midst of this movie, and Dave, where does the shot go? Well, so the the immediate transition between the first scene and the second scene after after Joe's uh, New York chase, uh, he's apprehended his guy. He's done his job. We're just treated to uh, an upward shot of the trees through the woods, uh, just a really serene place, and uh, it pans back down, and then we're we're treated to the uh, you know the the Pacific Northwest, as it were. Uh, what if though, instead of having to cut all the way across the country, all of Quiet Cool occurred in Central Park? <laughs> so Joe is just a couple blocks from home at any given time while all this is going on. The police show up. They're like, Joe, what are you doing? It's like the village, but (laughs) 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 or what if it's like Demolition Man, where they like freeze Joe Dillon? Is this where uh, M Night got his inspiration? This is where okay, there's so so many things. This movie was like the inspiration (laughs) for so many different movies. 
Wow. We've got yeah. the Revenant. We've Definitely got the Village. Pineapple Express. <laughs> Pineapple Definitely. Express. Which, like, yeah. Stoner adventure movie. <laughs> there was only one stoner in the whole movie, and it's really unfortunate. That's what I want to know. Who's buying ear. all this weed? But again, it was the war on drugs, so whatever. Don't Nancy Reagan. Don't. Come on. We're not going to do it. But um, I'm really glad that we her, broke the mold times, on this back. one. No. Never. Never. She's right where she needs to be. I'm really oh, glad that we all watched Amen. this movie together, guys. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is fun. Yeah. It's, a, it's a movie best watched with others. Um, I don't know that I've ever watched it alone. It would probably be weird and uncomfortable. So I would recommend <laughs> if you're going to look this up, watch it with a couple of people. Because it would be maybe too quiet. You know, if you get enough mm. people together, mm. you know, if you can split $97 like 16, 18 20 ways so go buy it on uh, yeah. amazon.com have your friends all 20 you. of you <laughs> <laughs> that means you mom <laughs> dad so i suppose uh that's gonna do it for uh this uh this episode of butter with that tune in next time when we'll be discussing more movies and we'll be uh, uh approaching uh the upcoming theme for the uh the following month so uh thanks for tuning in bye quiet cool it's a place, but not here. It's inside yourself. Once you've found it, you have everything you ever need. <laughs>